Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. In the March 2018 Sales Pro Chat show, we're going to talk with Gabe Larson about the strategies and character needed to be an effective seller. Gabe's factors which we'll look at today are attempt media duration spacing and content gabe larson is experienced vp of marketing strategy at inside sales labs the research and best practice arm of insidesales.com gabe is also host of the number one ranked playmaker podcast i'm very jealous from inside sales For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Gabe Lawson, welcome to Sales Pro Chat. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Don't be jealous. Um, um, there's there's more of a story to that, but uh, love doing the Playmaker podcast and excited to be on your show today. Well, I think I could probably learn a lot from you, Gabe. So uh, let, 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 let's jump straight in. Uh, firstly, please, please share a little bit about your career background and tell us about your role at Inside Sales. Sure, sure. So at the moment, I've got a fun role here at Inside Sales. I, it's uh, actually, we, we, I call it the vice president of growth. I, I have a sales team and a, a marketing org that rolls up into me. And then one of the key things I oversee is what we call Inside Sales Labs. And, That is our research and best practice. And so I'm pretty active. We've got a couple analysts that are diving into our big data play. We've got an AI platform that captures a lot of sales interactions. So we're always looking at not what people think is right in sales, which um, you always want to manage the art and science. But our team is trying to dive into the science part of it and figure out what do the numbers say? what, What are the results saying? And see if we can't help change the mindset of sales from a, a, a place that's typically been more driven by subjective thinking to a place that's driven more by objective thinking. And so that's the role I play uh, here at InsideSales.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, in a moment, we're going to consider some of the major factors which will help those salespeople with a whatever it takes mentality to consistently hit and exceed their quotas. But before that, Let's add a bit of context to the discussion today, shall we? Uh, at, at, a, at a high level, Gabe, can you explain the idea of cadences as they relate to sales and how they are interwoven with a will to win? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, every sales representative executes a cadence when they reach out via email, phone or social media to initiate a conversation with a potential prospect. The problem is that build the art of cadence or follow-up strategy or prospecting strategy, however you want to use the word, is based on a lot of factors. A lot of them have been, though, more subjective. And, and a lot of reps are asking questions, how many times should I 
actually reach out to somebody if a new lead comes in or if I'm targeting an account or how long should I wait between attempts or which methods are most likely to result in the conversation or what messaging is going to resonate? I mean, there's all these questions that people are asking. And so, you know, as I mentioned in my introduction, I've spent the last 12 months with my team not looking at what we think is right, but just looking at millions and millions of data points to figure out what what are the answers to some of those types of questions with data. And we started at the very top and just said, you know what, we probably need to actually get a definition of cadence or sales follow-up. And, and then let's figure out what are some of the key pillars of an outreach strategy and see if we can do that. And so where we ended on the definition was a sales cadence is a sequence of activities that increases contact and qualification rates. And I don't want to bore you or your audience, but just real quick on that definition, a sequence implies that there's some data. When we think of then activities in a cadence, know that it isn't just about phone and email. You've actually got multiple phone, voicemail, email, social, text, direct mail, video. You've got a lot of different activities. And our data says the more activities you do, the more methods you use, the better chance you have. And then lastly, these types of strategies, it's not just about to get conversations. That is one of the primary concepts of a cadence, to initiate a conversation. But great cadences, Bill, involve qualifying prospects better. You can actually educate your people if you do a cadence correctly. Okay, well, let's see if we can educate some of these wonderful CPSA members then. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's consider some of the factors which are crucial to achieving success in sales. Let's start with the attempt, if we may. Uh, best practice suggests that 10 to 15 touches work best, but a, a study by Inside Sales Labs suggests that it was more like four attempts before the sales pro tends to give up and move on. In your opinion, Gabe, why the big gap? Why is it important to hit that magic 10 to 15 touches? And what forms should those be in? So you were talking a moment ago about email, cool, social events, face-to-face, AI. Give us a bit of an overview. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably good to take one step uh, to mention one thing before I hit the actual kind of concept on attempt and say, One of the big things, Bill, that came out of the research is there is not a one-size-fits-all cadence. And certainly, even by industry, you see things slightly change. So know that when I looked at this data, and this data basically included little over a million activities, um, about 10,000 companies that was analyzed to figure out some of the numbers I'm going to (laughs) be spewing out here in just a moment. But one of the biggest differentiators, Bill, was if you're following up on inbound marketing leads versus you taking a target account and reaching out cold to that person, your cadences are going to be pretty significantly different. And so as I go through some of these, I wanted to highlight that because you can't just say 10 to 15 is the right number. because based on the data, it's, it's just not. The 10 number, 10 to 15, actually is best for inbound, following up on marketing generated, um, uh, g- generated leads. When it comes to outbound, 
we actually found that less, a little bit less is a little bit better. And this was a surprise to us. And it's a surprise, I think, to the market when you go outbound the data. And again, I'm just a mess and, you know, hate me or don't hate. I'm just a mess. When you go outbound, um, Optimal was actually looking more at six touches. Now, the interesting thing is when we ask the market, now this is subjective versus objective data. What we came out with is that the average cadence is 15 total touches, 15.4 to be exactly. That comes out to be 4.7 phone calls, 4.6 emails, 2.9 voicemails, 1.8 social touches, 0.8 mailers, and 0.7 text messages. That's what people reported they did. But when we look at what people actually do, and again, it's going to be different on inbound versus outbound. The typical inbound cadence had four attempts, and the typical outbound cadence had three attempts. So a lot of numbers there, Bill. But again, I'm going to highlight that concept. Know that if you're going inbound, marketing-generated leads, they came to you. So you want to hit them a little bit more, and you want to hit them early and often. But when you go outbound, guys, the data says that idea of going 15 touches, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't have numbers to back that up. Okay, thank you. That, that is very interesting, actually. Uh, one, one, one would have thought that um, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, outbound one goes a bit more aggressive, but uh, apparently not. So uh, let's let, let's talk a bit more about the the, the next factor then. And uh, that that's media. G- given that the average number of touches can be ten to fifteen for for inbound, um, l- let's talk about the, the the channels and sequences of communication and what yep. those should be. Uh, so, the number of emails, how, how many voicemails, how many calls, uh, the the role of social media, the role of events, the role of face to face meetings, which is. I believe so crucial because as I always hear constantly when I'm interviewing people, uh, people buy from people, right? Uh, and what, what should one expect from email over say LinkedIn emails in terms of effectiveness? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your last piece, I'll just answer real quick. Most of our data says right now that a LinkedIn email is, is going to get you two times the open rate that an email will still. The interesting thing is when we tracked that a couple of years ago, that number was um, more in the four, the four times better in, in open rate. So uh, interesting to see that that's coming down as that becomes more widely used. And that's one of the things you got to remember with cadence is it's all about being different. You know, um, you got to try to stand out because the purpose of a cadence is to get a conversation. Um, there was a bunch of things you kind of threw in that. And I want to try to get through some of them, Bill. But one of the things you mentioned was in person. And I did want to say for this particular research that we did, we, we left in person out of it as a method of communication, mostly as we defined cadence as those activities leading up to a conversation. So once you have the in-person meeting, you're basically, the cadence was either, it was successful. And so know that that is not a media that we tracked in this particular instance. We were looking at everything that leads you to that conversation. With that said, again, I want to make sure that everyone got that. Um, It's important to know that there are seven media types that are currently available for you to use. And the data at a very high level says the more communication methods, the better. So again, and I'm going to go kind of aggressive to passive here, phone, texting, voicemail, 
email, video, social media, and direct mailer. The two big ones is we've asked our audience that are coming online the most in 2018 is video and direct mail. People are having wild success. Why? Because it's different. Now, the data says um, people who only use one communication method had about a 10% success rate in getting a conversation. Using two communication methods, they had that, that almost doubled up to 20%. Using three communication methods, it jumped up even higher, almost to 25%. So, again, when it comes to media, I think the message you've got to take away is um, certainly different audiences are going to be different. You want to find the method that works for your target audience, but know in general that more communication methods are are going to be better. Okay, so you've super piqued my interest there uh, when you mentioned video and how how powerful that is in 2018. Um, uh, myself, as a as a qualitative example, listeners, I, I've I've received uh, multiple messages on on LinkedIn over the, the first few months of 2018. Here, uh, we've created a video for you, Bill, and then you click on it, and it's and it's hi, Bill, and 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 it seems like things are being cut in, and it's not really that personalized. And and uh, I, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about. Uh, the best forms of video what what's happening with video at the moment how to make that an effective form of sales yeah i mean again the the big takeaway on all this is uh standing out and being different matters um i think my linkedin example probably illustrates it the most four years ago we were seeing almost four times um, better open rates um in linkedin in mails um versus email that's dropped to two why because just like you said, everybody's doing it. Video is hot. It's new. Um, uh, and so you're seeing, I think, people have wild success on it. But you're absolutely right. I, I got three emails today with video and prospecting emails. So um, is that going to have the response that it's had maybe in the last 12 to 12 months? Probably not. But certainly right now, it still is. It, it's something you need to be considering. Um, where is it best used? It's best used in this case, obviously, in the prospecting strategy, and it's going to be dynamite the shorter, the better. And it, the idea is to hit the concept of personalization. Now, to your point, someone like yourself may be bombarded already, and so they're starting to get see that it was old. But I think you'd admit to me, I don't know, in the last six to 12 months, when you saw the first 30 or 50 of those, you thought it was pretty cool and you maybe you know you you looked at it more than you did your typical email and again that's the winner when it comes to it now why do i say video is is so hot right now again i want you to know that i'm not just pulling that out of my back pocket we did a survey we asked a thousand over a thousand companies and we asked them what is the hottest thing what is the tool you're most excited about when it comes to prospecting strategies going into 2018 Video was number one and direct mail followed very shortly thereafter. So that's a subjective data point, but I do have a more than a thousand companies to back up that that, that video is, if you're not using it again, you maybe already missed the trend because it's, it's right at the crux of being hot as hot. I have a feeling, Gabe, I'm going to interview you again in a couple of years and we'll be talking about holograms or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, one of the funny things is, I've become really passionate about direct mail. I just got off a call on it and it's become kind of the 
go-to play, I think one of the definitions oftentimes of an account-based or a targeted uh, marketing or sales approach often includes some sort of direct mail piece. The funny thing is, you know, my first sales job was almost 20 years ago and um, I sent a lot of direct mails, but I'm telling you the technology that's available that integrates with your CRM, that integrates with your cadence tool, like an inside sales.com, the direct mail capabilities are, it makes it with a click of a button, I'm sending personalized coffee mugs with someone's name, you know, I, I can send it with a click of a button and I can track it and I get a notification when someone opens it and I can follow up with a phone call. I mean, I just couldn't do that 20 years ago, Bill. And so know that direct mail sounds old, but it's new. There's a lot of new things about it. Yeah, and, and certainly up here in, in Canada, uh, since uh, Castle uh, changed the way that folk could communicate. So there's a lot of restrictions on electronic communications. That's right. Um, yeah. direct mail kind of came back into its own i mean i i started my sales and marketing career back in 2007 at a big media house in in london in old england and uh it, it, you know direct mail was the thing and uh, then email was but then uh certainly in canada people found that terribly annoying and they they, they they changed the laws but now it's now it's hot again people so don't don't ignore it now, now uh gabe let's let's move on to duration then which is another mm-hmm. one of your factors tell, tell us about the role of of the time frame of cadence when surveyed people generally believed that they were running a sales cadence for about 20 days but uh you you said no that's not that's not the case according to your study uh the average is far lower and it's more like 4.89 days which that's seems correct. too too low that's correct so it's interesting duration again is one that um and this was the interesting thing bill again when we started to do the study on cadence most people just thought of cadence i think as an attempt you know the the number of temps but we tried to break it into these five because we really believe these are really the the dna if you will of a cadence so duration just in case for the audience you're wondering it's the time between the first and last attempt right this is kind of the whole how, how long are we going now again when you look at the inbound side of things you're right that was sitting at 20 days um, is what people thought they were at. When you look at the outbound side, they thought they were closer to 30 days in kind of their duration of their cadence. Now, when we analyzed it, um, <clears throat> we saw that it was, it was again, kind of interesting here, 4.89 days actual duration for people who follow up on inbound marketing leads. But it was actually 20.8 days um, for outbound targeted follow-up strategies, which is significantly closer to what people thought they were doing, which is, you know, again, 29.3, you know, right in that 30. Now, when it comes to optimal, um, again, this was a little bit interesting. Truthfully, it's funny, you know, Bill, I've been doing this for a while and sometimes I've, I've preached things that I've found to be successful or I believed it and and I didn't have the data. This was one that I, when I saw the data come out of it, I was like, is that, wow, that not is not what I thought. <laughs> you know, and I'm just being honest here, right? But when it came down to inbound leads, optimal was in the 10-day range. When it came to outbound lead, uh, outbound targeting, um, the optimal was in that 12-day 12, 12 range. Um, so not too far out. Now, interesting, again, shorter, tighter, not as many kind of as people thought seemed to be what the data kind of pushed out as what leads to better success rates, again, for the outcome of initiating conversations and educating your prospects. 
Okay, thank you. Now, uh, now let's move on to spacing. How, how, how quickly should one respond to a lead, inbound or otherwise? And and uh, during the prospecting cycle, how how long should one wait between communications? What's the balance there, Gabe, between staying top of mind and not being perceived as being an annoying salesperson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably one of the, the ones that I'd say is the most overlooked when, you know, when I coach companies, which I'm now doing a lot on, on building these these follow-up sequences, um, spacing is just, they always kind of like, oh, never even th- thought about that one. I mean, it's obviously part of it, but I think, again, it's pretty overlooked. When it came to spacing, um, it, it appeared that the average was sitting at about, um, you know, 1.9 days was, was kind of the tip. So about basically two days. Um, it is, again, thinking of inbound, outbound, it's going to be a little bit different. That first response makes a huge difference on those inbound marketing leads. Now, there's a lot of debate around this going on, I think. And, it, and there's some factors you need to consider about what's optimal on response time. Um, uh, like high-priority leads, for example, should be responded to in under five minutes. That would be someone who says, contact me, uh, downloads a demo, um, someone, you know, high-priority, scored as an A. We believe they still, from the data, deserve to be responded to very quickly. Um, someone who downloads a high-level research report that has little to do with your company um, and is considered maybe a C or a D lead, um, and if you have capacity problem, that's where you response time, you've got to say, hey, maybe this isn't something that we respond to as, as quick as possible. So I think the, there's two conversations here. You know, One is how fast do I respond to inbound marketing generated leads? But then once I've responded, what does my spacing look like between activities? And the long and short of that is you typically want to be right in that two-day mark. Um, You you know, remember when it – and this actually goes true for both responding to inbound leads as well as going after those outbound, those those targeted um, contacts or targeted accounts. Now, why is that? Why is it two days? This has been debated with me quite often. I just want to get it out there. Guys, we are an instant gratification generation. Um, When you hit somebody, and again, remember the definition of cadence is a sequence of activities to increase contact and qualification rates. You want to educate somebody. If you only touch somebody with an activity, say, once a week, I can't remember what I did yesterday, Bill. I'm a top-of-mind guy. So if you're going to hit me, you hit me every couple days for a number of activities over a certain duration, and then you stop and you recycle me and you bring me back, say, a month or two months later, and you try a different sequence of activities. But this idea of doing cadences that have a duration of eight weeks or 12 weeks, that's not a sales cadence. That's a marketing nurture track. Those are totally two different conversations. So this is one that's been hit to me, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but guys, think top of mind response, think instant gratification generation, think two days between activities, and I think you're going to see better success rate with your follow-up strategies. I completely agree. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys, so uh, I'll, 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 get, I'll get an email, and I, I, I don't necessarily get back to it. And then uh, if somebody follows up to me in a timely manner, but not 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 too quickly around, so a couple of days, then yeah, you sure? I'll, 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 I'll say these people care. 
that they're interested enough, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll respond. To let's 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 do a deal. Anyway, that's just that's enough about me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the the final factor here, Gabe, is 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 content. So none of the previous puzzle pieces matter if if you can't get the content right. Tell tell us about the about the role of AI and how much AI can help salespeople personalize emails, uh, social media messages, and and does AI really help? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, I do think, um, I mean, AI is uh, uh, something I'm, I'm very passionate about, um, I, mostly because I think it is the next wave of technology that's going to drive, I, I think, big gains in sales. Um, you know, CRM um, did some has done some great things, but I think um, you, you you tag that with some artificial intelligence, you, you start to see some. I, I think probably the next big thing here that people need to be really, 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 really mindful of because it's it's where you're going to kind of squish out some more more value. With that said, um, AI we're starting to see it hit everywhere in the sales process in prospecting in particular, you know, when it comes to, I'm just going to hit, I don't want to bore the audience. Let me just give you one, one concept here. Emails. Um, think about an email message. You know, I sit down and I write an email message and then I send it to somebody. That's kind of what the typical motion has looked like. What AI is doing right now for people on email, you know, messages is it can actually draft for you. Um, an email message, but probably more importantly is it can go through an email message and it can look at the person you're sending it to, the persona, and it can just recommend different words. It can say, you know, for this type of persona, you might want to try this language or that language or this word versus that word. In addition to that, um, being able to, God, I love this concept is people, I, I write an email and I send it whenever I want, but what AI does now is it can study an email address and figure out when that person is interacting or opening emails most often, 2 p.m., 1 a.m., 7 p.m. And rather than you just sending it and dropping in the inbox at whatever time, it actually looks at big data and says, you know what, you can send this now, but I'm going to actually deliver it at 7 p.m. tonight because over the last you know, 12 months, this person is most likely to engage at that time. So those are just a couple examples that I could go on about this bill, but I wanted to go tactical on one and just show you that yeah, there's great things that AI can do right now in the prospecting strategy to help people win more. Um, now, with that said, well, l- let me pause there. Any any co- question, follow-up question, Bill, on, on the AI piece before I dive into content? No, just a comment, really. I, I remember years ago, my, my personal background, Gabe, is email marketing. And uh, I remember years ago when I saw that functionality in MailChimp, which maybe lots of our listeners use for uh, for their email marketing campaigns. And I, I, I saw a functionality where you uh, you can send an email out and it goes out at the optimal time based on a particular time zone and when people are most likely to, uh, to open. And my eyes almost popped out. So uh, I, I can completely relate to that. Yeah, the thing that I think is taking it to the next step because it is funny sometimes people are like hey well i've heard of these functions before but one one thing you're seeing that's different that ai is doing is it's the amazon play what if i said that um i'm i'm looking at not just the emails that you're sending to your target buyer but i'm looking at what every other person is trying to sell to that individual what they're experiencing 
and I'm pulling that together and I'm recommending to you best practice. You know, when you go buy something on Amazon.com, it doesn't just look at when it says when it recommends something to you, it doesn't just use your data. It uses people like you, what other people like you have purchased. And so one of the biggest differences you're seeing in AI now is who cares about what you've done in the past and what you're seeing? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's valuable. But what's also valuable is what everyone else like you is doing. Boy, that's taking AI to another level. And I think that's one of the big differentiators, even in the email example that I mentioned that you're seeing now come out, you know, in the last call it a couple of years. Um, but again, AI bill, we could probably <laughs> blab about that one for, for hours. Let me just hit real quick on on this content concept, because it's a great way to end it, because like I said, you know, and when it comes to content, it's the X factor of a, of a, a prospecting strategy or a cadence strategy. Uh, you can it, email someone a hundred times. And if they're all terrible emails, it's never going to work. So you can send one email across with zero spacing and no duration and, and, and one attempt and you can get that conversation. So content is king. Now, again, the content I'm talking about is everything leading up to the actual conversation. So think email, think voice messages, think text within um, um, uh, LinkedIn messages, think what you write on a card on a direct mailer. It's that type of stuff. And so a um, couple things we found in the data to be interesting, and I'll make it short and sweet, is um, when it comes to voice messages, under 30 seconds. Shorter is better there when you want better response rates. That one's holding true. And that even seems to be moving lower and lower, but 30 seconds, we saw a big division in the data. Um, the other thing that was interesting that we saw was when it comes to email, there's two, two minds of thought here in the data. We struggled with it on just optimal length of an email. Um, there's long form emails that are performing very well up in the range of, you know, almost 600 words. And there's emails that are doing very, very well in the range of 50 words, short, sweet, somewhat personalized. Um, and so it made the data very difficult um, to determine. But we did see one decent break in um, in kind of response rates around the 300 mark. And so we use that as kind of a baseline to say, hey, look, as a as a general best practice, you want to be keeping your emails typically under 300 words, but know that there was some real in the data success in long form emails and some real big numbers success in that, that kind of short, you know, 50 to a hundred word mark as well. So I'll, I'll leave you with that on content. Okay. Thank you very much. We're coming towards the end of this particular interview, Gabe, before we wrap things up, uh, as a fellow podcast host, I, I now need to give you the kudos that you deserve, sir. So listeners, if you enjoyed this conversation, check out Gabe's podcast for more awesome sales related podcasts. Uh, Gabe, please tell our listeners about how they can tune in, how they can learn more about inside sales labs and how they can connect with you. Absolutely. Well, a lot of the points you guys I've tried to summarize in an ebook called The Definitive Guide to Sales Cadence. You'll find that at insidesales.com slash resources. So if you didn't weren't able to get all those random numbers I was throwing out there, you'll find the definitive guide to sales cadence. And a lot of that is put in there. Again, it's about four different research studies compiled into one. But yeah, look. 
I love to talk shop about sales. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. The Playmaker podcast runs twice a week. You can email me at glarson at insidesales.com and always happy to talk shop. And if you want to get into technology, a lot of the things that I mentioned today, I've made sure to build into the product that insidesales.com offers. It's called Playbooks and it is a sales cadence tool that allows you to focus on these best practices and actually fulfill it so you get more conversations and qualified appointments. Okay. Well, that just leaves me to say, Gabe Lawson, thank you very much for being the guest on the Sales Pro Chat Show. Thank you. And this is until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. 